Welcome to the Moon in Carolina podcast, where we candidly talk business and personal growth through the lens of spirituality, astrology, practicality, and consciousness. I'm your host, Shelby Bundy, and I look forward to diving into the everyday magic of creating the life and business that you were born to lead. Hello and welcome to the Moon in Carolina podcast. Today is the first day of Sagittarius season, so happy solar return this month to all of our Sag listeners. Today I have with me my dear friend and co-worker, Kate Ballou. Kate and I have worked together since 2020 at Tamed Wild and are going to chat about a topic that we discuss frequently together offline, which is imposter syndrome. As entrepreneurs with active social media presence, we often discuss this topic, diving into our own insecurities about our respective paths. So today we want to take a look at imposter syndrome, where it comes from, and how we can move past it and continue chasing our passions. Kate, welcome to the pod. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Shelby. Hello. Hello, Moon and Carolina listeners. Happy Sagittarius season. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So before we dive in, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, all the good stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, Like you mentioned, we have worked together since 2020 at Tamed Wild, which is so magical. Um, If you've ever interacted with the Tamed Wild Instagram, sometimes that's me supporting Shelby on there. You can also find me on the Magic and Alchemy podcast with Kristen Lizenby. Um, And I'm an Aquarius sun, Scorpio rising, Aries moon, writer, witch, ritualist, um, lover of magic and enchantment, herbalist, astrologer, um, living in Brooklyn from Michigan. Um, And I think that my work is just really interested in supporting people on their creative paths with sharing their stories, uh, building communities, and yeah, working with all that is magical on this witch wide web that we're all connected to. Yeah, that's perfect. And also a willowy spirit, as we call you. <laughs> yes, I'm the, the local tamed wild willowy spirit. <laughs> she doesn't even walk. She just floats everywhere like a, like a fairy. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about imposter yes, syndrome. Let's do it. So, The Oxford Languages Dictionary defines imposter syndrome as the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. Mm -hmm. So that word inability just kind of makes me mad because it in itself is an imposter because we are capable, yet we feel unable. We feel undeserving and unworthy. So this is what it is, but what it does is hinder us from moving forward or chasing our life's passion because we become frozen by fear. Um, Kate, you and I talk about this so often because it's such a real and living, breathing thing. How do you feel this has shown up in your life and in your work? It's mm, such a great question, and I'm really excited to talk about this with you today. I I think it's just such a complex and nuanced thing and something that so many of us feel in our work. Um, And I know that you and I were talking a bit about this at the Samhain retreat. Um, And I think just sometimes it can be so difficult to, like you said, believe that the success that we have had is deserved or that we have the quote unquote, um, like a right to do something like I, you know, that's kind of a question that has tumbled around in my own head and practice. Like, who am I to do X, Y, and Z thing? And, um, you know, just having to constantly show up with the, you know, I am authentically me and this is an act of service and this is an expression of who I am authentically. And so I must do said thing, but Mm -hmm. it is just that constant conversation, um, to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's insecurities, you know, and we were talking about this, this morning, actually, in um, the my online community, and, and one of the members has said, 
you know, I think it's more than being imposter syndrome. It's like insecurity syndrome. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's feeling, it's, it is a healthy part of, of the path, you know, is feeling a little bit insecure is, is a natural part of the path. But when it freezes you and when it puts you in a place where you don't move forward or when you don't fully express yourself is when it becomes, I think, the problem, you know, and, and I think that's what it's doing to all of us. Yeah. I, I I often think about myself as a young child. And I mean, I don't know how you were when you were young. I wish we could have been friends then too. But <laughs> I feel like, you know, and I see this in a lot of younger people when I'm teaching writing um, or anything like that, but this sort of like amazing confidence and belief in oneself, like mm-hmm. just kind of willing to get it wrong, to get out there. And I feel like at some point, this is kind of like kicked out of us, you know, and mm-hmm. I I remember just being so upset as I was graduating college because I had realized that I didn't ask all of the questions that I should have when I was in the rooms with the people that I admired and were so smart because I was so afraid mm-hmm. of being perceived as stupid. But then in that way, I had made myself more ignorant because I hadn't found a way to connect to my voice in order to ask mm-hmm. those important questions and learn the things more deeply. And so I think it can be sort of debilitating in that way mm-hmm. too and you know rob us of those opportunities or avenues for expansion. Mhm. Mhm. That's such a great example of you know how we do it to ourselves in a sense, you know, and how we hold ourselves back by by allowing these fears to come front and center, you know. How when you were building Tamed Wild, I'm curious, like, and it's it's such a, a public platform with, you know, especially the Instagram I'm thinking about just because social media is a place that we collaborate on. Like, as that platform grew for you, how did you negotiate being seen in such a public way? You know, what's funny is um, I think about this sometimes and I hired you guys because <laughs> I didn't want to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, and it's the truth because I, I was just talking about this this morning in that group where we were talking about imposter syndrome. And I, I look back now and I think like, I just was, I've, I am still like so nervous to be like the face of anything or be the, even the, the thing that I built, you know, mm-hmm. the business that I built and that I feel like, okay, I, I can be on, you know, the face of that. And, but I just, I feel undeserving. I feel like, well, I don't, you know, what, what are they going to think of me? Like, what are they going to say if they, you know, if they see me out there, what does that mean? And it's just, it's such a weird, deep rooted insecurity that as a business owner, I navigated by hiring a social media manager who was comfortable, you know, and we've got Riss who's on there with doing astrology mm-hmm. and, you know, Amanda who's doing videos. And I, I found resources and to, to do the things I was afraid to do, you know, which you have to do in business. And that's, that's part of being a business owner, but this one in particular, I realized I didn't want to do it because it's not a skill I want to learn. Like, I don't want to learn accounting, you know? So Mm -hmm. having an accountant is fine. Like I don't, certain things I just don't want to do. This is not something I don't want to do. It's something I'm afraid to do. And there's a big difference, you know? Well, I think that there's like a really big wisdom in what you just said. Like there's healing when we work in community with each other, because we can kind of like reaffirm or encourage and when we have build those types of relationships in business i think it can be something that's so so supportive to that uh you know quote unquote for those that can't see me imposter syndrome because (laughs) we we never do things alone right like we're always doing things on the shoulders of those who came before us in lineage with each other in conversation with and i think that you know when we're truly in communities or tapping people who have different skill sets, then that can, that can be a a really powerful support for that fear that kind of can move us through that freeze that you brought up. Yeah. I mean, if I hadn't evolved, if I had let that, that fear, you know, be the reason I didn't move forward, we wouldn't be having this conversation and we probably would have never met. So finding the way around it, you know, and going, okay, well, that I can, I don't have to do that. I can do this. And that's, that's okay. But um, I feel like when it becomes a fear that you're letting kind of guide you versus something, you know, it's something that you just integrated and gone, okay, I'm not comfortable in that aspect. So I'm not going to do it. You know, 
I think there's a difference in that for me, at least that I can see. And I, I started seeing it more in the last like year going, wait a second, like this is something I want to do and I'm not doing. And why? Because I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? You know, other people's opinions of me. Mm. It's, you know, when you chase that, um, yeah, the, I don't know what analogy I'm trying to say. I wanted to say rabbit. I don't even know if that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Following the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so true. I I always, I guess when I think about that, though, I'm like, oh, like, why am I under the, why am I so committed to being misunderstood? You know, I'm like, why, why is my, why am I not coming to the situation with the deep trust that people will understand my intentions or understand me because I think it's really interesting that that's like an impulse for me like I'm committed to being misunderstood and maybe that's because mm-hmm. I'm a Scorpio rising or maybe it's because <laughs> of you know patriarchy or any of these other sort of oppressive systems that mm-hmm. want to keep creativity down or voices down but yeah that's been a really big question I've been working with in my own work lately is like what if people understand where I'm coming from and even if they disagree with me what if they can still love me through that and Mm -hmm. understand why I might feel that way like I feel like you know you and I spend a lot of time understanding why other people are doing things or like making space for that and like what if people met us there you know right right yeah and I think that we do keep ourselves there because we feel comfortable there, you know, I mean, going out and just being completely confident in the world and feeling like I can do this and I know I can do this. And even if I can't, I'm going to try it. And I'm that's okay. It's okay to fail. Like all of those things aren't comfortable. You know, it's, it's finding your edges. And we talked about this today in the community too, which like that insecurity is kind of reminding you that you're at your edge, you know, mm-hmm. like feeling that is a good reminder to be like, okay, I'm pushing my limits and I'm doing something different or something that is, you know, out of my comfort zone. And, and what if we looked at it like that, like those feelings should be our fuel versus the thing that stops us, you know? Yeah. And that, that kind of reminds me of your, um, tarot series on the blog. Um, Mm -hmm. like every journey beginning with the fool. Yeah. Yeah. And in that like iconography, right? Like the fool is about to step off the mountain, but has this sort of like blissful <laughs> look on their face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's such a good archetype or embodiment for that sort of like beginning first step. I feel like it's like oh, the first step is the hardest, but if you connect with the fool and step off the cliff with this bliss like is I think it might be Julia Cameron in the artist way who wrote like you know jump off the cliff and a net will appear yeah Um, yeah I love that mm -hmm. yeah that reminds me of what someone else said this morning when I was having this conversation um and I, I don't know where she read it from or where this information comes from but she said somebody had uh said that you should always have a beginner's mindset And when you think about what that is, it's feeling uncomfortable not knowing because you know you're at the beginning, but it's feeling comfortable trying because you know you're at the beginning. It's like, think about when you are getting into a new class, you know, you're starting a new program. You're like, I don't know anything and that's okay, but I'm going to try, you know, and it's like embodying similar to the fool. If you embody that mentality, um, then you can move forward. But somewhere along the way, we've said to ourselves, I don't know this and that's not okay. Or I do know this, but people are going to think I don't know this, or I can't even speak on it because I don't know it. Or, you know, we just start to like give ourselves this kind of beginners, but down the line mentality mix where it's like, we've, we're just at a stop, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about social media too, is, I mean, just to like kind of hop back into that, just when that many people are looking at you or you think are looking at you it's impossible to kind of please everybody right like I never have mm-hmm. I'm never going to have a one-on-one conversation with 200,000 people right right and also I think like when I look at other people's videos posts and acknowledge they're sharing or content they're sharing I'm not picking them apart I'm not sitting there going oh like that's not true and why would you put that out there and why would you you know those people that are doing that are they've got other they're stopping themselves from growth in their own way mm-hmm. and so it's like to assume that people are going to do that to me you know i think i've seen a handful of that happen and then i assume that's what everybody's doing but for the most part 
humanity supportive, you know, we're all trying to lift each other up. And especially on social media, like people are there to learn, to be inspired. Um, you know, so I just think sometimes, why do I think that everybody's going to tear me apart? Why do I assume that's what's going to happen? Nobody's done that to me yet. Yeah. It's just like we talk about with the podcast, you know, with magic and alchemy and starting three years ago. And we talk about just, you know, you and Chris are recording and the fears in the beginning. And then it's like, really, nobody's come and said any of the things. <laughs> Someone did say that my voice was completely irritating, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those ones that is going to debilitate themselves. That's yeah. mean. Somebody uh, will do it now. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to go on there and I'm going to say. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, I think another bomb for imposter syndrome is that everybody's a teacher, right? Like we can learn something from every single person, from every single interaction. And this is something that the late Bobby Klein always said. He was like, I'm your teacher and you're my teacher. And like, isn't that, you know, so beautiful? And like, I can't, what was the exact phrase? It's like in Lakesh, I don't know. I'm going to have to find it, but it's, yeah. it's, I am the other you and I like it that way is what he would always say. And Oh, I love that. It's really beautiful. And I think that that, that can definitely be, you know, medicine for these, for these times, for these conflicts, like to remember that and embrace that. We don't have to know everything. We just have to know what is true for us or what we've learned and then sharing that honestly and, mm -hmm. um, you know, honoring it where it comes from, I think is a way to kind of like feel, feel maybe more secure or supported in, in our knowledge or in our journey that we've been on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that meeting it and looking at it and saying, and why am I, am I not doing this because of my own preference or my own choice? Or am I not doing this because I'm afraid of what others are going to view or we're going to say, you know, and, and moving from that space. And if it's something you feel uncomfortable doing, or if it's, if it's a self-induced, you know, in the way that it's not something you want, then that's different, you know, than right. feeling incapable. I think, um, for me, like a way that this has shown up in my life is, is what, and I think I've shared this with you before, like even writing the tarot blogs, you know, or, mm -hmm. or the astrology posts, things that I've studied for years, you know, I've been a student of astrology for a few years. Prior to that, I was dabbling and, um, you know, I've learned tarot for 10 years and I will write these articles about the major arcana and I just get gripped with this fear that like somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong, you know, that somebody's going to say, that's not what, the hierophants for that's not what he means or same with when i did my podcast on the planetary magic and i was running through the archetypes of the planets i was like after i got done recording that i was like oh my gosh somebody's gonna tell me like i did that wrong or that that's not what pluto does that's not who mars that's not mars's energy you know mm -hmm. and it was like taking a taking having a conversation with myself to go well these are interpretations and they're mine and i have spent the time studying and i have read the books and i have trial and error, you know, and kind of like, it's like this inner dialogue where you're like, wait a second, I, I can do this. And then even if you don't get to that place, just putting it out there anyway, and letting the community validate you by saying, I love that episode, or that was really helpful, or thank you for posting that, which is kind of how I did it. You know, I jumped in feeling completely insecure. And then I feel better now because of the community. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like feeling like, like that, like you don't know a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. even though you've studied it or you've spent time with it. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. And like, who's going to come along and tell you like, yes, you know it. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, in college you get, you get that validation through your professors and through a degree, you know? So, but these other practices that don't have that, by example, tarot astrology or, you know, and there's, and there's schoolings of course for all of these things, but Certainly, there isn't yeah. an authority. There's not an authority that's going to come in and say, okay, you're, I approve, you know? Yeah. I always tell this story, but I, I think about being 20 and it was the first time I was living in New York and um, through the New York arts program. And they put, you know, 30 of us in this like brownstone in Chelsea where we're all sleeping in like bunk beds, like 30, <laughs> 20 year olds in bunk beds in Chelsea, like what could go yeah. wrong, you know? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> 
through that, <laughs> through that we had mentorship and, you know, I got to go to a lot of really amazing talks. And I think about this one with this memoirist named Brando Skyhorse. And I went and he was talking about writing a memoir and all of this, all of these like beautiful things. And after the talk, I went up to thank him just, you know, for everything. And he was like, Oh, like, what do you do? And I was like, well, someday I'm going to be a poet. And he like laughed mm. in my face. And at first I was like, you know, just like beat red with embarrassment. Like that this was like a funny thing to say. And then he was like, you know, Kate, like you might as well just start calling yourself that now because nobody's going to come down from the heavens and deign you a poet. Right. Right. Yeah. And he was right because, you know, that giving yourself permission, I think is just such an important part of of these journeys and claiming that like a sort of reclamation of our own voices or like what we deeply care about or what we're you know committed to or dedicating our our life to you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that and what a great moment mm-hmm. and what a great thing for him to say to you you know yeah it's so important and I had this other teacher when I was in third grade he was a professor actually my dad had studied with him in college and he came to visit our third grade class and he gave us all notebooks and in the front of the notebook he had written Conrad Hilberry says that you know Kate Ballou is a poet and he had signed and dated it and there's something about that like the sort of like nebulous thing because otherwise like like you said like when will it ever be enough you know and to dedicate yeah. the life to learning is so important but at, at not at the altar of our own ability to like pursue our dreams you know right. like those two are they're like separate ideas it's like learn forever but also like um feel empowered in your knowledge that you already have mm-hmm. forever too Right. Because what a sad thing to imagine that you reach the end of your life and you go, nobody told me that I knew this. Nobody validated me, but I've been studying it for 40 years or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you waited for that approval. And that's another aspect of this, actually, that I'd like to touch on is that yeah. in our day of social media right now and like uh, in our day, I sound so old, <laughs> but in, <laughs> I'm 42, guys. I'm not that old. <laughs> Um, but in this time of social media and, and likes and follows being our validation, you know, there are some really amazing content creators, knowledgeable people sharing their art and sharing their wisdom and their words. And, and they're getting told that it's not valid because they're not getting the likes, you know, so they're not getting the following that a larger account might get or, and that's just sad to me, you know, to think that there's these creatives out there that have this knowledge or, you know, and have something worthy. And then they're being, they feel like they don't because of the way that society has set us up to have it be tangible, you know, a like and a follow and a share or whatever, you know, and like, how do you, so it's like, that's an uphill battle. Like, how do you get around that? You know, ever, you have to like disconnect your validation from a social media platform. And yeah, how do you do that? You know? Yeah. That's, it's such a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think that outsourcing our validation can be dangerous, like, in any sort of way. It's like every single person is valuable and whole, whether they know a thing or not. You know, like, our our wholeness is undeniable. Everybody listening to this, you are, like, a full, realized, whole, beautiful Mm -hmm. being. (laughs) And thank you for listening to us talk about this. And Shelby, you and I are both whole, realized, Mm -hmm. you know, beings worthwhile, whether we are correct or not, you know? Right, right. And that's actually, that reminds me of something else that um, I wanted to share that I think it was you and it might have been Riss and Danielle. I remember maybe Amanda was there. Maybe it was a retreat. It sounds like it's turning into a retreat group. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember talking with you guys and I think it was last year. And I, it was brought to my attention somewhere along the way that I kind of like was devaluing my success at Tame Wild or Tame Wild's success, our, our success, you know? And, and I was, you know, people will say like, how'd you get, how'd you get so many followers? And I'll say, oh, well, you know, it was just timing. Like we happened to begin at a time when there wasn't a lot of pages like ours and, Someone will say like, well, how'd you, how'd you do this? And I go, well, it wasn't really us or it wasn't really me. It was, you know, and I was doing that a lot and I don't, I wasn't saying, oh, I, I worked really freaking hard and I, I made some smart marketing choices or I, we put out good content. You know, we had a great concept. Like I wasn't saying any of that. I was attributing 
every single success that Tame Wild had had that had in turn become part of my personal success to somebody else or another entity or something else. And you guys were, you guys brought it to my attention when we were hanging out. And I don't remember who said it, but you guys were like, you're not, you're not taking your wins as your own. Like you're, you're giving them away, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think about that sometimes in, in that conversation, because that was outside validation, but it came from friends, people that I believed, you know, and people that I trusted and, and people who were a part of what I was building and what we were building. And so it felt that changed how I look at things, honestly. And I, I choose my words care more carefully now when I discuss like, you know, that path and the way that that materialized mm. because of that conversation. So I think outside validation by way of supportive friends and community and people that know you and your heart, you know, is, could be a really life-changing thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that conversation, I think. Well, and sometimes we don't even realize, right, like the way in which our language is perpetuating that. And like, that's why it's so helpful to have friends that can point mm -hmm. that out. Like, we don't know what we don't know and we can't see what we can't see. And it's really hard to see when we're doing that to ourselves, I think. Right, right. Yeah, from the outside, it was obvious. You guys were like, "What do you? Why did you hear what you said? Did you hear the way you explained that?" And Say like, it oh, again. Yeah, <laughs> and then shift the words. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Which also brings me to you know um, pondering where these feelings come from. And so, without getting into like a whole shadow work episode, because we're going to do that too. Like, mm. I know why I have this. I have this. I had. I know why I have this fear of like claiming things that are my own, you know, and I touched on it a little bit in um, a couple episodes ago, I think, but when I was raised, I was raised from a family that was successful, but humble. And I, I was told a lot not to be conceited mm -hmm. and it wasn't, they, they weren't trying to shut me down. It was just, you know, it was humbleness was very important. You know, my grandfather owned a big trucking company in our small town and, you know, and, and he being his granddaughter, like I said before, was like small town royalty. Like I loved being in this town where he, everybody knew my pa, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but they wanted us to be humble. They wanted to make sure that we, so I, I didn't, I couldn't brag. And they, and I was told that like, don't brag, don't be conceited, you know? So if I was to say like, oh, I did so good on this test today at school, they would be like, that's good, but don't be conceited or, or look how great my hair looks. Look at my outfit. Like if I, anything positive, they would, I would get told, I felt like a lot, you know, and I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening and this hurts your feelings, mm -hmm. but <laughs> um, I would be told, I would kind of be brought down to a level of that's great, Shelby, but don't be conceited. And so I feel like that has manifested in me as a, as this imposter syndrome or this way of feeling like, I don't want people to think that of me, you know, like, I don't want people to think I'm conceited. If I was to say, I know this thing, if I'm sharing this knowledge, like they're going to think I'm conceited. Or if I'm posting a picture or a video, you know, or if I'm talking about this, they're going to think like, who is she? And what, why does she think she knows that? And what, you know, and so there's this, it does, it does link to shadow work in the sense of, you know, where it comes from, but it's weird how deeply rooted that is. And, and I feel like, okay, I don't really know. And it's it's manifested into this, like, I actually don't really know. And so I shouldn't say, you know? And so it's it's a weird thread to follow. It is. I know. And I'm, I'm thinking a little bit now about like the shadow work workbook, just because that's something that we, I helped you a little bit with, but mm -hmm. there was that exercise in there that I put that comes from, um, I believe, well, the, the first time I had heard about it was through uh, Chow and Ku's spell work book, but inviting your demons to tea and like inviting those parts of yourself that like don't know things or like, you know, or want to be liked or want to be understood mm -hmm. and like having a chat with them or like embracing them or like telling them that it's okay that they don't know or like telling them mm -hmm. that it's okay <laughs> to be disliked or to want to be liked. But it really is a shadow work a shadow aspect. Yeah. It is. Yeah. The reason I like think about that is because I think for the most part, I've always thought like imposter syndrome is societal um, driven. Like it's society's told us that we're not good enough or society has told us that we don't know things because we do see people post things or share things and other there's trolls or there's comments or, you know, and it just creates, if you're on the internet long enough, which you and I both are very often, you start to see like, okay, this could happen to me. Like I could get, 
um, that feedback. But the more I think about it, sometimes it's like society's also taught us that content is shareable and that knowledge is good and that, you know, there's value in sharing our knowledge. There's value in putting yourself out there. And so how come we don't give those two things equal weight, you know, and mm. it must come from something else, you know, and for me, like in my journey, that's kind of where I've linked it back to some childhood experiences and thought, you know, yeah. nobody's told me as an adult that I shouldn't put by everybody. It's the opposite. You know, well, you should do that. You should do that. And so no one's told me as an adult, well, you shouldn't say that um, on the internet or you shouldn't do that post. But I was told that as a child. And so it's kind of like, it's like this weird blend, you know, of grown up and children. It's amazing how those stories and like occurrences can last for so long and like take root inside of us in ways that we don't even know, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how long it takes us to figure it out, you know? Also, like, does anybody ever feel like an adult? Like, is that a thing? Like, I don't Not know it. anyone. <laughs> no, really, what does that mean? We pay our bills. That's basically it. Yeah, it's like, I'm 30. I mostly do, I mostly take care of my life. Right, yeah. But like, it is wild because we, at the same time, I feel like, you know, we still are 13 years old, like wanting the validation for doing good on a test, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want, and so if anybody out there wants to do this for me, every time I write a blog post, just write me and tell me how awesome it is. <laughs> I'm going to, is anybody available to be my external validation on a regular basis? Jason cannot apply. Oh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm curious, like Shelby, in your, in your kind of business coaching that you do, like if someone comes to you with this problem of imposter syndrome, like what, what do you tell them? Like, how do you guide them through that? I feel like it's in the module, all my whole program's broken down in modules, but it's in the module that deals with shadow work because it really is meeting yourself where you're at, you know, and integrating those pieces of you that you're afraid of or that you don't like or that you've been taught aren't acceptable. And so I feel like it falls under that. And so what I usually would recommend is just kind of sitting with it, you know, and, and again, like diving into why, why is it, why is it this way? Is it because I don't want to do it or is it because society, you know, has scared me or some external factor has scared me? Um, and also, is it a hindrance or does it matter? Because there's always going to be things that we just feel, but they don't matter. You know, it, they are, they matter to you, but they don't, they're not hindering you. If it's mm -hmm. not hindering you, then integrate it, deal with it, you know, the way that you see best. But yeah, I think that I, I more approach it when it's some when it's somebody trying to create a business path or grow their social media or, you know, they have an idea for a business, but they feel unworthy and like incapable. And so that's where my focus would be. Like why this can't, we can't have that. Like we can't have this putting the brakes on your life's purpose or your passion or monetizing your passion. Like that's unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it just is so sad. And I, and we can look at the questions later that came in from the um, community, but just talking to people today, again, in my um, online community and then on social media, like it's such a common problem, you know, and it's everybody has it. And it's just sad to me. Yeah, it is sad. I feel like, you know, when I was creating the Bardo um, in my own practice, I was very, I, I dealt with a lot of feelings of imposter syndrome because I was trying to come up with like a writing school and a writing program for mm -hmm. folks. Um, and I finally had to kind of like dark night of the soul, sit down with myself mm -hmm. and be like, okay, my grandparents didn't sacrifice to give my parents who then sacrificed to give me to allow me to study poetry and writing to then not do the thing that I set out to do and I kind of had to like grapple with that and be like okay if I if I can't give myself the full permission I have to like look back at the people who threw their hands down to me so that I can then turn around and throw my hand back to another person so that I don't feel mm -hmm. 
disconnected or afraid to do the thing because I'm doing it in honor of and because of something, then I feel like that remedies that for for myself in my own business at least because otherwise it is devastating like if to just not speak or to use the voice or to do the thing mm-hmm. that you're setting out to do like I don't know yeah. the people before us didn't help us to get here just for that right and and again yeah it's sad like what a sad what a sad thing you know because we are going to arrive at the end of our life at one time and we are going to look back and i think in that moment we're going to be less scared than we were now as far as living you know in hindsight it's going to work you know my mom always says this like where whatever the hell you want like i was i wish i would have wore the things back in the day when i thought you know and i felt i was not my best shape or i didn't love my body like i wish i just would have wore the dress or wore the shorts and she's like wear whatever you want whenever you want because you're going to get to a place where you look back and you think i should have just done it you know and and i think that's that's the sadness and that's the that would be the saddest of it would be to arrive at that place and go i didn't use my knowledge or I didn't use the things that I had to offer the world. And I didn't put them out there because I was afraid and of what, you know, something that 99% of the time doesn't even take place. Yeah. I'm curious, like as a past life regressionist, how do you see past and future lives playing into imposter syndrome? Like, do you, do you think, cause I, I mean, I've had people bring that up to me before, like the witch wound, for example, mm-hmm. something that might be carried through from a past life that would be like kind of a self-protective mechanism, um, again, with, in dealing with imposter syndrome. That's a really great question. I have to think about that for a minute. Yeah. I think that, I think that we do carry fears from one life to the next. And I think things that are deep rooted and unresolved, you know, um, I think we move from one to the next. I do think that current fears, I've seen this actually in sessions where current fear is because of an experience in a past life. I mean, that's, that's really the nature of past life regression sessions is resolving mm-hmm. things that happened in a previous life that are now hindering you in this one, you know? Um, and so, you know, using an example of somebody who didn't have a voice. Actually, this was one of my sessions. This is the person who felt in this life like they just didn't have a voice, like they weren't heard. They couldn't say the things. They had a massive fear of of public speaking, um, and they were just afraid to to speak and to to speak literally and to to use their words, you know, to put their words out there. Um, And we did a session where we found out that in the previous life, multiple previous lives, she had been silenced in different ways. There were just all these different scenarios that affected her voice, her ability to use her voice, you know, being booed off stage at an event before, you know, Mm -hmm. where she was speaking publicly, being told that what she was saying was incorrect, you know, just so many different scenarios. And so it's, it's like she lived multiple lives and arrived at this place now where she's just, it's manifested into this intense fear and knowing that fear and why it's there is what, you know, the past life regression helps you move past, but yeah, definitely. I do think it's really deep rooted when it's something that's debilitating or, you know, and, and it gives you anxiety or makes you, gives you, it evokes a physical reaction. You know, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's one of those like both and things like the the reason that I love magic and witchcraft so much is that it's usually both both of the things like mm-hmm. the past and also the present and the future all together at once. Yeah. And I feel like this is like when, as far as like treating this or <laughs> treating it, now we're doctors, as far as, <laughs> as far as addressing it, um, I think it's almost like a fake it till you make it to some extent. And somebody said this today in the community, which I actually really liked. They said, I'm afraid someone's going to find out I'm faking it. Mm. So it's like, that really is like sums up the fear because you can fake it till you make it, which is how I pretty much live my whole life. But, um, you know, but what if someone knows I'm faking it? Like, what if they find out I'm faking? But that goes back to, again, nobody's going to come and say that to you. 
No. And I, and I mean, I think it goes back to, to like the community aspect, like finding good teachers, like find mm-hmm. people who can support you and mentor you and, you know, share their own feelings of imposter syndrome and their own experiences, you know, listening to elders, listening to the youngest people in your community, like both the youngest and the eldest have so much to share. Like we talked, we've talked about that before. I think, mm-hmm. um, like Robin Rose Bennett says that, but like, you know, in apprenticeship, I just finished my three years apprenticeship and being in a circle with, you know, 12 other people who love this work or, you know, and like someone who's leading the apprenticeship that like I could trust and learn under is, can be a huge way to work through things like Mm -hmm. that. Like I'm thinking too, like the fact that, you know, you were having these discussions with people just this morning and in 10th house rising, like how beautiful to, to, you know, hear from you who has, you know, crafted successful businesses and worked through feelings in different ways and yet still feel them. Like, I I think that Mm -hmm. that is just such an important part of all of this, you know, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, I can swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amy and Risa came on the the Magic and Alchemy podcast for one of our like summer bonus episodes, and we were, I was talking to and they they make music and it's very cool. But I w- was saying that singing is something that I've been very afraid to do, and Amy just like fired back and was like, "Fuck your fear! Like, <laughs> don't let people like strip you of your voice and that." And there was something about that sort of just like reaction of you know fuck that like no no yeah and hearing that in someone like reflected back to me um I ended up singing in front of people at my circle for my final project this year which is just like so wild but if anybody just needs that a little bit of that I just wanted to bring into the conversation in honor of Amy Torek fuck your fear (laughs) Kate just named the pod episode This is actually a really interesting um, thing to say because one of the future episodes I'm doing with Riss is we're going to exchange fears. We're going to go back and forth and talk about the things that we're like the most afraid of, you know, because putting it out there like that, and it has that ability to be healed. Like you just said, you know, you said it out loud and then somebody else was able to help you heal it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Naming things in that way is so powerful. Like I even just like an anxiety like a floating by like to look at it name it call it in and then you're kind of like okay it's not so scary anymore it's like uh, right. oh it's a fleeting thing or it's an old friend or right right yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's crazy i don't know i don't it just angers me um <laughs> i'm gonna pull up some of the questions that we got on yeah. the social media when i asked but it really just makes me so mad because i hate seeing people not be able not feel comfortable, like doing something that could literally change their lives, you know, especially again, as a business coach, like this could, if this could put food on your table, if this could be something that enables you to take the classes you want to take or go visit mm-hmm. the place you want to visit or have these new experiences and grow as a person. If you, if, if monetizing this thing is could change your life and you're not doing it because you're afraid and it's not a real fear and not to say it's not a real fear, but it's, it's a fear that that you're not good enough. It's, you know, that's, it's just terrible. And it's, it's sad to me, you know, that that could be something that could hinder growth. Right. There it is. And it does it all the time. It said it to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So uh, let's read a few of these. We have insecure word choice speaking on topics I have experienced in the, um, and like, I don't know, or I guess like, I see what she's saying. Like, not being confident in the, in the word choices being like, I think, or I guess it could be this way, you know, she's. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like adding, I guess, or maybe, or like. Giving it out. Like, I know I don't know this, so I'm not saying it confidently with a sharp period at the end. I'm going to end it with, oh. I guess, or possibly like given out. So that you're, if they say you don't know, you're like, Oh, I knew that. I already knew I didn't know that. Oh, that's such and a that's, tough one. That's actually a really interesting thing I just thought of too. And I do this is like when you, you know, it's like the concept of you can't laugh at me if I'm laughing at myself, you know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I think the energy is here with this, um, undercutting yourself. So nobody else can be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had a college professor. And if my voice went up at the end of my sentence and asked a question mark or changed pitch at all, she would be like, started from the beginning. (laughs) 
Oh my God. I love that. You had the best teachers. I was so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, if I hear one more woman in this class, change the pitch of their voice or ask or say a statement as a question, I'm going to freak out. And I was just like, she's, she's completely right. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's like, all the men, you have to answer, ask a question <laughs> with a question mark at the end. <laughs> we know better. Diane Seuss with her, like, she had her was drinking coffee out of like a pickle jar and like had a cheetah oh print wrap God. and dark coal eyeliner and was just like, what is this invasion of the body snatchers? And <laughs> oh, I love her. So right. So correct. <laughs> yeah. I love that. But yeah, this is a very, this is an interesting though, um, this is an interesting approach to this, like how we do that, you know, like question mark at the end or give ourselves that. I think that it, out or, I think just the awareness too of it happening, it can be mm-hmm. so powerful. Like, oh, do I do that? And then like talking to yourself through it so that, you know, it changes over time. Like it's just a small correction, but I think it can be a, a taking of that power and knowledge back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you do that when you do that to yourself with that inflection or you end a sentence or say, well, I guess it could be, or I think you're letting your audience know I'm unsure, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, and so, it, which is okay to be unsure, but if you're fee- if it's feeling like that's feeding your imposter syndrome, you know, that's when it becomes a problem. I think. Totally. Totally. I think too, like even just the phrase, I don't know can be so powerful for that. Like, it's okay to use that phrase whenever Mm -hmm. you don't know something like you don't, (laughs) you don't have to know everything and not saying that you don't know, but that you'll find out or you don't know, but you have some ideas about this, like, or some intuitions about it. And like, just calling it like it is, I think can be really freeing too, because it's like, yes, fake it till you make it in the sort of embodiment of the way, but also you don't have to fake Mm -mm. knowing everything. Right. Right. No, it's true. And that I don't know, let me find out is like one of my like little tests when I'm hiring is like a real estate agent or, you know, (laughs) if I'm asking somebody a question, I hate it when people answer without, without thinking it through or without, you know, just going, oh, it's, it's this. And I really value when somebody says like a professional that I'm hiring when someone says, huh, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Like, I think, okay, great. You're going to, you're going to, take the time to answer my question. And, you know, so it is better to do that than to say, to just spout off with whatever comes to mind, whether it's correct or not, or well thought out, not to say it'd be incorrect, but just well thought out, I guess, or articulated properly, you know, the way that you want to articulate yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that being a freeing thing because it's, yeah, that's true. Um, Okay. So the next one on here, um, thinking people don't like me. God, that one just, that one hits home. I, I always worry people don't like me. I don't worry. I just assume. <laughs> so real. That's just like a pain of being a human. <laughs> right. <sighs> I always think about that, like Alice in Wonderland meme and it's got the treasure cat up in here and it's like <laughs> in this tree and it's like, yes. we're all mad here. And then Alice is like, at me. <laughs> at me? Yeah, totally, totally, totally water sign energy you know like it just it's so introvert i have a girlfriend here like we we text after we like hang out sometimes in a group and we're like did i do anything weird Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i think it's just so normal to worry about stuff like that i don't know it is i i'm i'm a a lay in bed at night and like rehash my day this is why i have like insomnia because i'm like laying in bed thinking of all the things I did wrong or all the ways I could have offended somebody. And I'm like, did I say that wrong? But did you, what are they, what are they thinking? You know? And, and then eventually it falls into like my whole life. Like my son was four and I shouldn't have said that to him or you know, like, or why did I, why did I do that? You know, when I was in high school. But um, yeah, I think, I think the insecurity of worrying how people are going to accept us is, is a terrible part of the human experience. Totally. I I saw this interview on Instagram yesterday. I don't remember who it was with, but the woman was like, if you don't like me or you're talking about me, that's actually none of my business. That's just on you. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's not my business. Truly. Yeah. My mom always said that, which I she read it somewhere, I'm sure. But she would say people's opinions of you are none of your business. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, that's actually really true also. 
And how much more would we get done if we like weren't worrying about stuff like that? I remember reading Coco Chanel's quote and she was she's just so bitchy, but she's like <laughs> she's like, I don't care if you think about me, like or I don't care what you think about oh, me. Yeah. I don't think about you at all. Yeah. And I'm like, oh wow, she has a lot, she must have more free time. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else is she thinking about? <laughs> it's such a yeah, such a better use of our time to think about stuff that's supportive or generous God, could you imagine if you yeah and if you spent your thinking time like your worrying time like learning or exploring or you know thinking positive things about yourself i mean just god could you imagine if we all had to like just think nice things about ourselves for like an hour a day mm-hmm. how do we implement that you know <laughs> this makes me wonder like the borders between like imposter syndrome and just like the difficulties of being alive in the time that we are right now, you know, Mm -hmm. like what, where do the two like create a Venn diagram? Right. Because we're more exposed to people's opinions of us now than we've ever been before. Yeah. Like if a boy didn't like me at school, I just, he just wouldn't talk to me. You know, like if my daughter's 15, if somebody doesn't like her at school, she knows because it's on social media, people are commenting on it, you know, like it's, it's way, it's created way, way more of a bubble, a bigger bubble, you know, that reaches us now. Yeah. This is like the the difficulty of being a human in, in, the, pub, in the public world. Mm-hmm. And we're not meant, as humans, we're not meant to carry all that. You know, we're not meant to psychologically know everybody's opinions of us and, you know, and to receive feedback in that way. Like we should be living in a village where our three best friends just tell us like, hey, your outfit's ugly. <laughs> I wouldn't wear that today. And I do have some of those friends and uh, I love you forever, friends. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking um, about my one friend who made me wipe off my red <laughs> lipstick one time because it didn't go with the rest of my outfit. And like, goddess bless oh, her. She was right. Yeah. I was, she was yeah. like, she's like, I'm going to do you a favor right now. And I was I was like okay <laughs> tell me yeah i was in new york this last weekend and i got dressed and i was borrowing a shirt from my friend liz because i just like <laughs> did not pack enough stuff and i put it on and i was like how does it look and she's like it's not doing you any favors <laughs> i was like thank you thank you for telling me that instead of letting me wear it around new york all day yeah oh feedback yeah. with love is mm-hmm. important too. Well, in a safe space or someone, you know, that you trust, you know, and that isn't trying to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be like a form of love. Definitely. Yeah. Um, another uh, one we got on the web or the socials was that this one, I feel like resonates so much as uh, not knowing enough to justify charging clients and pursuing a private practice. It's prevented me from jumping in head first. I spent two years learning clinical herbalism and I feel, and I think it cut off, but she feels like she can't charge. Mm. And that's where it just infuriates me because again, it goes back to monetizing and being able to, like this could change her life. If she could create a business doing this, you know, possibly, I don't know her, but you know, when we, when we let it and not let it, but when it, well, I don't know how to choose my words right, right now, but what I want to say is when we let it inhibit us from moving forward, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is when I, it feels like it's at its worst. And I know we don't let it, I know it's something that we're all struggling with, but that is very real. There's something that Kara Kovacs told me one time that I really loved that, and we were just on her podcast, which is mm-hmm. really fun, but, um, Kara was like, she had me listen to this other podcast and I wish I could remember whose podcast it was, but it was about like flirting with the idea of belief. So like, if you Mm. can't believe something fully yet, what if you can kind of like toy with the idea of believing it? So it's like the step before belief. So if it's not just Mm -hmm. not believing and believing, holding space for the hope that soon you will believe it, I -hmm. think is so important. So it's like with that clinical herbalist practice, it's like, what if you like, it's like microdosing belief in yourself, like holding space that soon you will feel more confident in that endeavor and like what are the small steps you can take towards Mm -hmm. building that belief in yourself like maybe it's holding like you know 
plant meditations for people at first instead of opening, just making that jump to the practice or like doing small sort of classes in the community or weed walks and then, you know, slowly kind of developing it and building that sort of confidence. Yeah. Over time. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like just thinking that we're going to just turn that light off too is so difficult. Like, yeah. Well, and you won't do it if it's, if it's not, if it's not small bites, you know, if it's the, if the way, the only way to get there, if the only path to get there is super dark through the woods by yourself, you're not going to go, you know, if there's another route that might take a little bit longer, but it's more approachable. Step at a time you know? mm-hmm. into the dark forest. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you, and your like eyes that. adjust as you walk. Like, like if you go from light to dark, like the woods are going to feel really scary. But if you, if you proceed slowly, like your eyes adjust and then suddenly you see that it's just cute bunny rabbits around <laughs> back to the rabbits. chasing the rabbits <laughs> i love that yeah i am um, i really relate to this one just because you know it's it's a business one and i just feel like i felt that way with tarot readings and you know um past life like past life progression readings i felt confident charging because i went through a certification program i studied for a year underneath a amazing woman, Virginia Waldron, who's mm-hmm. been doing this for years. And so there was a tangible process and there was a certificate at the end and there was tests, you know, there was something that said, okay, you have this knowledge now that you've earned mm-hmm. with something like tarot. Like I could read a hundred tarot books, which I did. And I still was like, oh, but can I charge for this? You know, and there's some intangible things that I think are out there that we try to integrate into our life and monetize in a business way. And that's harder. But for this, it sounds like she trained and obviously went to school. And so I'm glad she has that validation, but, um, yeah, that's, I think that's a big one for people. Um, keep going. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. (laughs) Um, we need you. We need all of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially the herbalists. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Um, okay. There's two more here. One says simply not doing the thing, which, I kind of think we encompassed in the whole podcast how it could be uh, fear-inducing. Mm. But can you think of anything else to say to that? I Well, I always think about, I think it was Kristen and I who were talking about this with you maybe, and it was about the like sort of like soul flares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just like when one of us does the thing that we don't want to do or that we're afraid to do we're like showing a piece of our soul out to the world and then we're giving other people permission to do the thing too so that you know hopefully someday we look up at the night sky and it's just a bunch of glittering stars and constellations of all of us doing the thing but yeah i think that if we can remind ourselves of that it can help us move through to the actual doing of the thing because mm-hmm. it's an expression of that space. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that soul flare concept. I think that's so beautiful. But this also, you know, reminds me of what you were saying earlier about the fool. Like sometimes we do just have to walk and take that first step, you know, and like it said, it's the biggest, it's the scariest. And sometimes that's, I guess that is what it is. If you're, if you're in an analysis paralysis phase of Mm. not moving forward because of fear, like, if you can't take the little steps, you know, along the path, maybe this is when you just take one big one and close your eyes and jump <laughs> and see what happens. I pray for a little delusion for all of us, you know? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you I need just that. a little bit. <laughs> I'm all stocked up. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. The last one on here that I was going to share says, I feel too weird to be worthy of clients. Mm. Mm. That's an interesting one. I think about the ants and practical magic. Mm, Being yes. normal is not necessarily a virtue. I think it rather denotes a lack of courage. Yes, I love that. And also, if you're weird, air quotes, mm. you're probably going to attract a weird clientele. You know, you're you're probably going to attract that same type of person that's looking for someone like you. And weird, the etymology of weird is just knowing. You just know. Mm. You know things. Yeah. It's witchy. So Shelby, I know that we're nearing the end of our conversation here. Um, and now that we both have 
imposter syndrome about her talking about imposter syndrome. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But um actually just serious. Just, just serious. True. Um <laughs> I'm just wondering like do you have any kind of like closing thoughts to share with with folks listening about, you know, kind of strategies or ways of overcoming this or working working through imposter syndrome or just insecurity in business or fear of showing up or being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many, I think, I feel like, I feel like perception is, you know, I talked about this in my last episode, but I feel like reframing how we see things, you know, and, and, and it's really easy to be like, find the good and just see the good (laughs) things, but really looking at it, you know, and and thinking, what is the likelihood that this is what's going to happen? And even if it did, what's the worst thing that can happen? And that's a powerful question that, um, as part of the union coaching training that I did, where we pose to our clients, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? So what, you know, what if someone says to you, that's not what Mars is for or Mars's energy is, and that's not what the, the hierophant means. Like what's the worst that can happen? You know, totally. I mean, so, and that, that question alone actually would be what I would encourage you to consider when you're getting afraid to take a step or when you're feeling, um, stuck, just ask yourself, like, what's the worst thing? And chances are it's not even all that bad. It reminds me of a couple of artists like Andy Warhol says that like, he's like, that's one of my favorite things to say. So what? Yeah. Someone who yeah. made a bunch of chaotic art. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is amazing. Um, and then also Buffy St. Marie, the singer, she said that she opened her, um, That she had two meditations in life, and I hope I'm not butchering this, but one of them being wow, and the other one being thank you. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And so it's like, so what? But also just wow and thank you. Like, I think that that can be such a supportive way to consider that. Yeah, and also... um... But yeah, implementing um, little practices like daily rituals or practices that can kind of help you keep this in check. Um, you know, something like I have this, I have a journal that I, I, I call my, I think I call it like my fake journal. I told one of my friends this, I was like, it's like my lie to myself journal, my fake journal. And she was mm-hmm. like, don't call it that. She's like, I don't like that name. She's like, I love what you're doing, but that's not the right name. But it's basically a journal where I will write out the next day or the next step of things that are going to happen in a completely uh, fictional way, you know, I'm like, Oh, today I woke up and I did yoga at 6am. And then I had a cup of tea and, you know, when really I'm like rolling out of bed in my pajamas and I haven't done yoga in six months because I'm procrastinating. But I, I kind of started this practice of like writing out what I was, what it was going to look like, what my day was going to be like, you know, and, and the things that I was going to do that I haven't, that I hadn't been doing. And so kind of taking that concept on this topic, like, what if you, wrote out what your what what it would look like if you just did the thing, you know, and you wrote out the steps, almost an outline or a, a flow chart of some sort, or even just a journal entry where you're like, you know what, today I launched this thing, or today I did this post, or I wrote that, you know, just even if you don't do it, lie to yourself, write it in your lie journal and manifest it in that way. You know, just put it on paper, do it every day. Even if you don't physically do the thing, you're kind of energetically getting it out there that this is what it's going to look like. And write the responses that you receive. I did this, you know, for an example, I made this video and I, everybody loved it and I got positive feedback and not one person hurt my feelings over it or, you know, just kind of create the scenario the way that the best case scenario could be. That's spell work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. I love that practice. It makes sense. But yeah, I think that I think you might have to come up with a different name than a lie journal. Yeah, I know. I can't think of what else. It was my friend Marcella and I can't, she's a past life regressionist also. And she's just so intuitive. And she was like, you can't call it that. And I don't remember what she called it. I'm going to have to ask her and like plug it into the show notes later because it was such a better name that I'm like, I'm lying to myself, but I'm not. And I know that it's just, it feels like a possibility journal. Yeah. Like these are the things that could be possible. Mm hmm. But it's, it's, it's following the rules of manifesting, which is not saying like, I hope, or I want, or it's saying, I have done this. I've, I did this, or I'm going to do this. I don't even know if I'm going to is the right verbiage. I think it is, but it's speaking of it if, as if it's already yours, you know, and that's, that's the important part I think is like writing it down and 
making sure that you're saying it in a way that is like, this is going to happen. I am going to launch this clinical herbalism thing and it is going to be amazing. And I am worthy of charging. And, you know, my training helped me in this way, or my training allowed me to do this, or, you know, just like, like positive reinforcements for yourself as a daily ritual. Yeah. And by writing that out, it's like, it passes beyond the belief that it is going to, you know, be manifested and actually makes it embodied, like fully embodied by acting, by doing the act of writing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I realized this was important because I kind of fell into this habit of only writing in my journal when something was wrong or I felt like Mm. I needed to vent. And so I started flipping through it one day and I was like, man, this is like all the worst days, you know, (laughs) written out. And that that was all I was writing about was like the hard times. I was like, well, that's not good. And so I thought, well, how can I write positive even when the day was shitty or even when things weren't didn't go as planned? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it started. And then it's turned into a manifesting journal. Maybe that's the name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where I just write out the things that are going to happen. That, and yeah, and it's a nice little daily ritual. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, I think that's the end. I told everybody in the beginning of this podcast series that like it wasn't going to go over that long. And now like we're an hour in and I love it. (laughs) I did say unless we have guests. We had a lot to talk about. (laughs) We did. And this is important. We're going to need to do a follow up episode also after we hear what people are uh, think of this and if there's any questions. So I feel like we could talk about this indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Send us all of your thoughts. Yes, please do. Well, thank you, Kate, for being here and for sharing in this conversation. I appreciate your insight and your vulnerability. I know these things are hard to talk about sometimes, Mm -hmm. and I hope our listeners can feel safe in the knowing that they're not alone in harboring these deep insecurities. And we're in this together. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you. You can find Kate on her social media at K8Baloo and on her website, katebaloo.com, where she offers a free weekly newsletter with witchy musings and prompts. Kate's also available for consultations for anyone looking to dive deeper into marketing strategy or social media support. Um, I highly recommend her for that. She has been pivotal in growing Tamed Wild. So definitely reach out if you're in need. As I mentioned earlier, my manifesting and coaching community, 10th House Rising, is open, and we already have such a great group of people. For those of you who haven't heard yet, the 10th House Rising community is an online space that I created to provide support, insight, and group coaching for those looking to manifest and chase their passions. Life is easier when you have people in your corner and support in your endeavors. I'm always saying how powerful manifesting can be in a group, and sometimes you just need like minds to bounce ideas with. So that's what this community is for, building each other up and holding each other accountable. Members receive access to weekly video meetups, daily astrology check-ins, workbooks, webinars, and group coaching. I'm in there daily interacting with the community, and I'm having so much fun getting to know everyone and hearing their plans. Membership is $20 a month, but there is a free two-week trial, so you can check it out and make sure it's for you before joining. You can learn more by visiting 10thhouserising.com, and there's also a link on my website, themoonincarolina.com. Coming up this season are episodes on facing our fears and shadow work with Riss Cottrell of All My Ancestors, a personal story time of mine on my journey from being a Southern Baptist to paganism, and a walk through the major arcana with Maria the Arcane. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear them. The podcast email is hello at themooningcarolina.com. Until then, I'm Shelby Bundy, and I thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about my upcoming courses and offerings in coaching, consulting, or astrology, visit my website, themooningcarolina.com. You can also find me on Instagram at themooningcarolina.com.